Graves on Gridiron with Richard Graves. Seven weeks are already in the books in the NFL's regular season. Week seven, the show was thwarted in its quest for perfection by the Carolina Panthers, who went down at the New York Giants. We were two and one for the week. That puts the show's record for the season through the last six weeks at 13 and five. We're heading on into week eight of the season. I am Richard Graves, welcoming you to Graves on Gridiron. Graves on Gridiron with Richard Graves. Well, welcome along to the latest episode of Graves on Gridiron. As I mentioned there, two and one through week seven. The one game we thought was a banker to cover the spread, the Carolina Panthers. Well, they just didn't show up, did they? As they went down humiliatingly to the New York Giants, an injury-ravaged New York Giants. But we're consigned week seven to history because we're looking ahead to three more games. If you are new to the show, welcome along. The premise is simple. I take a look at the slate of games on offer each week, pick three of them, and then look at the line that's set by the odds makers and tell you whether I think that's a little bit high, a little bit low, which way perhaps we should be looking. And with three games selected from week eight, we will start with the juggernauts. That is the Tennessee Titans as they travel to the Indianapolis Colts in an AFC South table-topping affair. Must-win game for the Colts because let's not forget back in week three, they went down to the Titans, which means the Titans have the edge over them in the race for the division title. But last week on week seven, we took the Titans at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. They were five-and-a-half-point underdogs. I said at the time that I simply could not believe that. And boy, did they prove us right because they took the Kansas City Chiefs to the cleaners, leaving more questions for the Chiefs to answer. The Titans, though, seem to be heading very much in the right direction. Back-to-back wins over the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs have catapulted Tennessee right into the conversation for the AFC Championship and who will be contending for that place from the AFC in Super Bowl 56 in February. I'd argue right now there isn't a hotter team in the NFL than the Tennessee Titans. It all starts and finishes with Derrick Henry, really, doesn't it? He's the league's leading rusher through seven weeks. He leads the league in touchdowns as well. And the joke of it is he wasn't actually that impactful on the game against the Kansas City Chiefs. He did uh, have a jump pass for a touchdown to just prove that if you want to be in the MVP race, he can throw touchdowns as well as run them in or catch them out the backfield um, in a hugely impressive performance by uh, Tennessee. Equally, though, this week, they come up against foes they know all too well in the Indianapolis Colts. These two have gone back and forth in recent seasons, and they tend to be keenly contested games. That being said, the last time Tennessee visited Indy back in December last season, they put 45 points on the board against the Colts and walloped them. Um, they're lucky to sweep them again this season. If they do, I'm going to say right now, less than halfway through the season, I think that's the AFC South done and dusted because Tennessee will have the advantage head-to-head, having swept them in the season. It would move Tennessee to a record of 6-2. and two. Heading into this game, the Colts are 3-4. and four. It's a must-win for Indianapolis on several levels. One, of course, they don't want to be swept by a division rival. If they can um, split the series, well, that gives them a chance of taking the division title. But equally, if they win, 
they will get back to 500. They had a rough start to the season, but they've won back-to-back games, most notably last week in horrific conditions over there on the West Coast against the San Francisco 49ers. It's got them back into contention. Their record stands at three and four. If they win this weekend, they get back to 500. It's a matchup between two teams who run the ball incredibly well. The two top rushing teams pretty much in the league. We've talked about Derrick Henry, but you've got Jonathan Taylor for the Indianapolis Colts, who turns up week in, week out as well. Um, I think this game comes down to simply man for man, who has the better players. You look at their records, offensive, defensive, they're pretty similar um, this season. But I can't get past Derrick Henry. There's a reason his nickname is the King. And that's because he sweeps all before him. And that's what he's doing this season. Season season on season in his NFL career, he's got better. And he appears to be doing that once again. I've already mentioned last time out, last season in Indianapolis, Tennessee slapped 45 points on the Colts. On home field, that's not good. And I think the Tennessee Titans, in the vein of form, I think they're capable of doing it again. I'm not saying they will, but I think they're capable of doing it again. Um, the spread for this game, well, the odds makers think it's a coin flip game. If you take for a standard game that the home side gets three a three-point start, the odds makers have the Tennessee Titans as one-and-a-half-point underdogs. After what we've seen in the last week against the Buffalo Bills, then against the Kansas City Chiefs, are you kidding me? Tennessee, with a 5-2 and two record, top of their division, they've already beaten the Colts this season, are going into Indianapolis with a losing record, and yet you're telling me the Titans are one-and-a-half-point dogs for this game? This is a no-brainer. Take the Titans all day long at one-and-a-half points. I'll have Tennessee for this one. Our second game of three takes us to the Big Apple, New York, to see the Cincinnati Bengals take on the New York Jets. Could you have two teams heading in a more opposite direction? I'm not so sure you could. The, the line for this game, straight up, Bengals, ten-and-a-half-point favourites. And it's not tough to see why. Just take last weekend, which is a microcosm of the way the season has gone for both these teams. Cincinnati go into Baltimore as underdogs and put up over 40 points on the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore against that Ravens defense. They run out comfortable winners. Conversely, the New York Jets go up to Boston to take on divisional rivals, the New England Patriots. And it couldn't have got more worse. They concede 54 points. They lose their rookie quarterback for certainly several games with a knee injury. Uh, The initial diagnosis, if I can get my words out, was a PCL strain. The Jets are having further tests. They're hoping that that's accurate and it's nothing more than that. Um, In a move to mitigate the severity of the issue for the Jets, they've brought in Joe Flacco brought back Joe Flacco, who was with them last year. He was on the Eagles roster this time around. Uh, Robert Sala, the head coach, has said, look, Joe Flacco isn't going to join up with a team till Friday. So it's Mike White who gets the start. The former Dallas Cowboys fifth round pick. He came in for, I think it was his first taste of regular season NFL action last week against the Patriots. Hardly an ideal situation. Um, to come into, and this isn't going to get any better this weekend. Let's take a look at the Cincinnati Bengals. Not only do they have their coming out party in Baltimore last weekend, 
Joe Burrow seems to have come back from that knee injury which curtailed last season incredibly well. And the understanding he's got with this rookie wide receiver, Jamar Chase, is nothing short of phenomenal. 754 receiving yards through the first seven weeks of the season for Jamar Chase puts him only behind Cooper Cup in the entire NFL. Jamar Chase has had over 95 receiving yards in each of his last three games. He went over 200 against the Ravens with a touchdown last weekend. If Jamar Chase was to come out of week eight as the NFL's leading wide receiver in terms of receiving yards, he would be the first rookie wide receiver to lead the NFL in receiving yards in the history of the National Football League. It doesn't stop there, though, for the Bengals. Look at who they've got in the backfield. Joe Mixon, for me, one of the more underrated running backs, largely because he's been on a bad team um, through his early years as an NFL player. Well, he's not this season. He's on a good team. And this team can play defense uh, as well. You look at the two defeats they've experienced. They have a 5-2 and two record. One defeat in overtime against the Green Bay Packers, a game they should have won. They had two field goal attempts to win that game. Indeed, their kicker, McPherson, thought he'd won on one of them and was already celebrating with his teammates, only to find out that it drifted wide left of the upright, scraping the flag on top of the pole. The other was an inexplicable loss to the Chicago Bears when Joe Burrow threw three straight interceptions. That game was won because of uh, lost because of Turner turning the ball over, not really because of anything the Chicago Bears were able to do against the Bengals on offense. So whichever way you shape it up, this is just a mismatch of a game. The Bengals are for real this season, folks. They sit atop of the AFC North. Um, they have the league's, well, he's not the leading receiver, but he's number two behind Cooper Cup, as we've mentioned, Jamar Chase. You've got a, a running back that's able to pound the rock straight up the middle. And then you've got uh, Perrine, who's able to um, relieve him as well and do a good job um, when Mixon stood on the sidelines running the ball, as we saw again against Baltimore last week. It was his touchdown, which effectively iced the game. And then you look at the New York Jets. They struggle to move the ball on offense, period. And that's with Zach Wilson under center. Well, now you've got Mike White coming in. Do not be surprised if at some point in this game we see Joe Flacco, fresh off his flight, trotting out there to take over, having limited knowledge of um, the playbook. Um, look, the New York Jets are giving up 29 points a game. The Bengals beat the Baltimore Ravens by 24 points on the road last week. They can cover this 10.5 point line. Give me the Cincinnati Bengals at plus 10.5. Graves on gridiron. The final game selected in our Week 8 matchups sees the New England Patriots travel to the West Coast to take on the LA Chargers. The initial line set by the automakers has the Los Angeles Chargers as five point favorites going into this game. And for me, at least, it's an intriguing matchup for several reasons, not least because it was only last season that the Patriots went over to the Chargers and they shut them out. Not only did they shut them out, they beat them 45-0. That was a humiliating result for the LA Chargers. Um, but you're bound to say this isn't the same Chargers team. The head coach has changed. The mentality has changed. This team has changed. And they come into it with a point to prove because last time out two weeks ago, of course, they lost over in Baltimore. They are kept to 
just six points on the board. That was a humiliating performance and result in itself for the LA Chargers. They've had a bye week to mull it over, to put things right. They're coming into this game with a point to prove. That being said, the Patriots are coming into it on a high as well. We've already spoken earlier in the show about how much the New York Jets are struggling. That in no small part is due to the hiding they took at the hands of New England seven days ago. 54-13, the Patriots thrashed the New York Jets. That makes it back-to-back games in which the Patriots have put up 29 points or more. I'm about to say that the New England Patriots game plan is going to be obvious from the start here. I think it's fairly simple. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to to see where their, their best bet in this game lies. That's in running the ball. It's something the Patriots do well. Defending the run is something the Chargers do not do well. In fact, they do it that poorly. They rank dead last in the NFL. They're giving up 162 yards on average per game this season. So if the Patriots are going to win in Los Angeles, they're going to have to run the ball, uh, chew up the time of possession on the clock, play keep away from this Chargers offense, if you like. The problem is that many teams, Baltimore pretty much aside, have tried doing that and failed because Justin Herbert has been playing lights out um, for the majority of this season. He's got two of the best receivers in the game right now to use as targets in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Let's not forget Austin Eckler as well out of the backfield. As good as he is running the ball, he's even better perhaps receiving the ball out of the backfield. It's it's not easy to, to defend these options uh, if you're a defense going up against the LA Chargers. And that's why prior to the Baltimore game, the LA Chargers were averaging around 28 points a game on offense through the first five weeks of the season. The only team that had really had any success prior to Baltimore was the Dallas Cowboys, who won on a last-second field goal over in LA. Look, I've said earlier, I think the Chargers have a point to prove going into this game. They're well-rested. New England, for me, are still very much a team in transition. I know they've put up 29 points in back-to-back games. One of those was against Dallas, who I think the, the jury's still out on their defense when they're not taking the ball away. The other was against the New York Jets. Well, I think you can cast that to one side as an outlier. The Patriots have swept the Jets this season. The last time the New England Patriots faced an offence as explosive as what they're going up against this weekend in the Chargers was two weeks ago when they faced Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. They gave up a record 445 passing yards, a record under... Bill Belichick as head coach. The Cowboys put up 35 points. I'll hear the argument from New England saying, well, the Cowboys only beat us in in overtime. Look, the Cowboys kept going up and down the field and turning the ball over in the red zone. I don't think lightning strikes twice. I think New England has to have instances like that go their way if they're going to keep this game close this weekend. I've already said I think the Chargers have got a point to prove. They're off a bye week. They're at home. Give me the Chargers with five points. Take the LA Chargers at plus five. Okay, so just to recap, the three games selected then from the week eight slate of games on Graves on Gridiron. First of all, in the all AFC South clash, take the Tennessee Titans at the Indianapolis Colts. The Titans are one and a half point underdogs going into that game. Then take the Cincinnati Bengals as ten and a half point favorites over the New York Jets. 
And in the third game of three, the Patriots and the Chargers take the LA Chargers at minus five. You can see everything we've spoken about on today's show on my website, Graves on Gridiron, or you can hit me up on Twitter, Richard Graves One. But remember, first and foremost, it's supposed to be a little bit of fun. So enjoy the weekend's matchups and tune in and join us again next week for some more Graves on Gridiron. Subscribe to Graves on Gridiron wherever you listen to podcasts. And keep up to date with the latest on Twitter. Search for Richard Graves 1. That's Richard Graves, the number one.